Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information. And with me, as always. What's up, guys? It's me. It's me. It's Lukey C. What are we talking about today? Another quick one today. You know, this is the weird time of this of the year, right? Of the sports calendar when all there really is is football. In a couple of weeks, we're not even going to have football. So we'll do a little bit of a recap of Championship Sunday. And then I got one little throw-in topic for you at the end that Luke is not expecting. So not a lot today. We'll just recap the games and and do a little surprise segment. You ready? Let's go. Before we get into the show, a word from our sponsor. The big game is almost here, and betonline.ag remains your number one spot in 2022 with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. One and one last week. Should have stuck to my guns and went with the under in the Kansas City-Cincinnati game. Didn't. Well, I also gave out Cincinnati plus seven as a bonus. Okay, we're still so one and one. You didn't give it out in the read. I gave it out as a bonus pick later on. Okay, so we're one and one last week. So we're currently 39-38-1 for the season. There's no football week this week. Do you have anything else that you want to throw in there? You got any golf stuff? I don't, actually. I was just looking at it. Um, this is kind of a weird tournament this week. It's the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. It's... Um, it's kind of a kind of a funky tournament, but no, I don't I don't have anything. All right. So no bets this week. No big deal. We'll be back next week with a whole bunch of props for the Super Bowl and, and our picks and all that. So it's a new year with a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code believe to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, Championship Sunday, big takeaways. Since there was only two games, we'll go a game at a time. We'll start with... The big one, the Bengals defeated the Chiefs 27-24. What's your big takeaways there? Joe Burrow's the man. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else what else you could take away from that, man. This this conference is uh, shaping up to be really tough, really tough competition, you know, with uh, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert. I'm sure I'm missing some, but just what we've seen from these guys the last few weeks, it's just been nothing short of amazing. And, uh, you know, I'll save it for I'll say that it was um, it was a choke job. It was this was an all time choke job by uh, not just Mahomes. Um, he was awful in the second half. And I saw a stat earlier. I tweeted it. I retweeted it. If you want to go back to my feed, um, his worst half of football in his career was the second half. Two games now. First, the Bengals this year, they were held to three second half points in total in both games. Um, so great job by. Who guy I had to look up because I didn't even know who their I didn't even know who their defensive coordinator was. Anoramu, I think is or Aramo or I don't know how to say his name, but yeah. apparently he's he'll be a part of the head coaching candidates next year. Yeah. So just I mean, looking at this at halftime, 
the win probability, well, let's, let's, I want to get to it, was um, 95.7% for Kansas City. Up 21-3. They're cruising. Mahomes was, I think, uh, 14 for 18 for 220 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, they could just do no wrong. I mean, it was just, just right up and down the field. And I said on the show last week, you know, I wasn't, it felt like it might be over, but I said I wasn't going to get, you know, the Bengals had come back from 14 just a few uh, about a month ago in week 18 or week 17 when they played. I knew that the game wasn't over at that point, but it starts to feel real bad when you have a chance to double dip. You got first and goal at like the one and you get two possessions and you come away with zero points. I don't have a problem with them running a play there. You know, he just ran a, a play that took four seconds where he got out of the pocket. He knew he had to make a decision quick and he just dirted the ball. Um, the play call was insane. And now I, I heard Bill Simmons say that they waved, he waved off the kicking unit with five seconds left. I didn't see that. They talked about it on the, on the telecast. What do you, what do you, what do you make of that? Is that a little bit too much trust in your quarterback or, you know, because Andy read one of the points there. I think you, you go with what you feel comfortable with, what you feel confident in. I don't know why they didn't just run the exact same play, get him out of the pocket, let him make a quick decision. I don't you know why know. they didn't just kick the field goal. Because you had a chance to go for I, – I, like, I'm all for going for the points. I mean, that's that's pretty much a death, a kill shot there. And I guess you're probably thinking, too, if this does go bad, worst-case scenario, we're getting the ball back to start the half. So They sure could have used that three points. They could have. They could have for sure. Um but yeah, just an all-time choke job. It was just the worst half of uh, of his career, and the first half was one of his best. So just a, just an amazing job by the defensive coordinator for the Bengals game plan, uh, just just to slow him down. I saw that they dropped eight into coverage, forty-five percent of the time from Next Gen stats. They were just daring him to run the football, and, and they made no adjustment. They refused to do it. They just kept to their to their game plan. Um, they ran a little bit, yeah, but I mean. The, the play, I mean, they're dropping eight in the coverage there. Like, you just, you got to figure it out. You got to run some, you know, you got to run the ball more. I understand that, like, your bread and butter is Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill, but uh, just, just terrible coaching. Just, it was just terrible coaching. That you do pick, love, you do love running back. So I'm not, I'm really not surprised at that take. I love running game. I like, I like doing what's most optimal. That's what I like. I mean, it was just an all-time choke. I mean, and I, I don't want to take anything away from Cincinnati. I watched it with a, with a Bengals fan. He, you know, he's a lifelong Bengals fan, and he was predictably insane. Um, but as the game was winding down and, and, and they kicked the field, they made that field goal in overtime, I was really, really happy for him, um, for him, not for Bengals fans, for him, my buddy. And uh, so shout out. Shout out to you, Luke. That was, uh, that was fun watching the game. But, uh, yeah, big takeaway here is, is that, that connection between Burrow and Chase. And, and Burrow just has, like, I hate saying like it or whatever, but like he has it. I've never seen an athlete with like the the swagger and cockiness, um, but also extremely, extremely likable. Like I am a Browns fan. I do not it's like Tom the, Brady. Actually, I, I see, I've seen one. And now he does. It's different with him. Like you know, like Brady's not likable. Like Joe Burrow is is likable. Um, Brady is becoming more likable with these commercials and shit that he's doing later on in his career, but. Um, you know, like Burrow just toes the line really, really well. Um, and I'm just, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I don't like the Bengals, but like, I, I can't, I can't like hate him. Like I'll, I'll be rooting for the Bengals in the Super Bowl. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's my biggest takeaway. Well, where do I start? I guess I'll start with agreeing with you that Joe Burrow's 
definitely the story. I think a lot of people, kind of what you did there, but not really. But I think a lot of people want to make it, make it about Pat Mahomes. I, I'm not a fan of, of calling it a, a choke job, and I'll get into that a little bit more in a minute. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow, he he made the plays when it mattered. He made it made some plays with his feet that were crazy. I thought that T. Higgins was outstanding in the second half of that game. Joe Burrow's not all his throws were like spot on. You know, T. Higgins had to stretch for a few. A couple were a little bit behind him. You know, Jamar Chase made some plays as well, but I thought T. Higgins was the different ma- difference maker in the second half, really extending himself. His catch radius was really on display. He was the one that that really stuck out to me. You know, the Bengals defense, they made the adjustments necessary to half. Second time playing them in a row where they were able to make adjustments, see how the team was playing. Clearly, the Bengals feel comfortable kind of letting Kansas City get out to a lead, seeing sort of what their offensive game plan is, and then making their adjustments. I think the the real story is for the second time in a row, similar to what you were just saying, is that Kansas City was able to readjust. They weren't able to make an adjustment to the adjustment, which is is a little bit surprising to me because, you know, Andy Reid was positioning himself to be probably the second greatest coach in the game if he isn't already right behind not right behind Bill Belichick, but second behind Bill Belichick. I think it's two weeks in a row where he made a call. Uh, That goal line call last week against Buffalo when they took Mahomes just completely out of the game, you know, down on the goal line when they gave it, who did it give it to Bo Bell? And then this week sort of just kind of getting a little too cute with it down on the goal line and then being able to able, unable to adjust. I, you know, Andy Reid for a long time got criticized for his play calling in big games, inability to adjust, clock management, those kind of things. And I think we saw definitely not the clock management, but I think we saw some of that stuff reemerge uh, the last couple of weeks. They shut down Tyreek Hill in the second half. I thought that was a big difference. They kind of made the decision, okay, we're going to kind of let Kelsey do some underneath stuff, catch it. Kelsey made a lot of six, seven-yard catches, but they didn't give up the big one. And they were able to force turnovers. And with any quarterback, that's the the recipe, is to get them to turn the ball over, and, and you do not turn the ball over themselves, yourself. So, you know, they it was, it was sort of the perfect formula. They've – Kansas City has shown – or excuse me – Cincinnati has shown that they sort of know the formula, if you will, to beat Kansas City. Now, look, you're not going to be able to do it time and time and time again. They did it two times in a row, which is an impressive feat in itself. Uh, you know, congratulations to to Joe Burrow. Uh, I know a couple, and I'm surprised you didn't bring it up. A couple of weeks ago, I said that I didn't think Cincinnati was a good team. And I still don't necessarily think they're a good team. I don't think they're that great coached of a football team. Uh, I think their defense is good at times. They were certainly good in the second half yesterday, but I don't think they have a a, a very good uh, defense. I don't think their offensive line is good at all. 
You know, they, they have a quarterback and they have players on the perimeter and they have Joe Mixon. They've got offensive skill players and a quarterback who overcome. And to be honest with you, th- this whole offensive line thing has made me totally reconsider what I think about football and how you're supposed to build a team because they did just enough to win the game from an offensive line perspective. And it certainly helps that you have a weirdly elusive quarterback who's able to sort of break tackles uh, in key moments. They had him dead to rights a couple times, very Eli Manning-esque in the Super Bowl with the with the helmet throw where he was in the defensive player's clutches a couple times and was able to escape. So I, I think the other story here, the other big takeaway is this. And I'm not here to take a victory lap on Patrick Mahomes. I'm actually here to be the voice of reason on Pat Mahomes. And I, I think I've always been the voice of reason on Pat Mahomes. I would say that the only topic in sports that I am unable to be subjective on and actually see clearly is the Browns and Baker Mayfield. And I'm, I'm working on that and I'm going to make a conscious effort in the off season to do so. But this is my take on Pat Mahomes. I think everybody needs to relax. I think there's two things can be true, right? Pat Mahomes can be really, really good. He can be one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And he can also be not as good as people think he is. You and some other media folks, I I just, I think it's time for everybody to kind of take a breath, you know, kind of allow themselves to be a little less impressed with some of the Harlem Globetrotter stuff that you see, you know, behind the back, between the legs, the arm angles, the no look passes, like, let's just take a step back. Right. And let's just say, okay, like he's young. He's still got a long career ahead of him. I certainly believe that he's going to win, have an opportunity to win more Super Bowls, but you know, this greatest of all time, greatest player of all time. He's calling him Michael Jordan is disrespectful to Patrick Mahomes stuff. You know, like I think it's time for us all to say, okay, He's really good, but he's also not as good as we think he is. And, I mean, I'm concerned about his status in my quarterback ranking in the summertime. So, I an absurd I, take. He's the best quarterback in the football in, in the league. Like he he just is. He was outplayed. Now, two, he was outplayed that, two weeks in a row. He was not outplayed two weeks in a row. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. That is that is a, a complete and total fabrication, and just a, a just. That's just, just reimagining what what happened in the game last week. Not reimagining; like, it's what I saw. He was last not outplayed. Week, he I was not he, outplayed. I thought he was outplayed, and this week I thought he had a really good first half. But to have the best half of your career and the worst half of your career means that you just had an average game, right? Sure, so, I, I I totally get that. And and did and, Joe Burrow have an average game? No. So he was outplayed. I mean, the reality is this: his PFF grade this year was thirteen. 13th so that means some weeks he was the third or fourth best quarterback in the league and some weeks he was the 23rd or 24th best quarterback in the league so I just I don't there was never a time when he was the 23rd or 24th best quarterback well if your average is 13th and some weeks you're really really good some weeks you have to be really really bad I mean it's just it's the way it works 
Like you he's understand a historically bad defense. Like he had to do everything. And that and we see we've seen it. Like, look, Burrow's been able to do it the last two weeks where he has to do everything. Um, and he's been able to succeed, but but Mahomes has been there too, and he succeeded doing it. I was defending him, actually. I feel like you're 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 hearing the wrong thing. I said he's really good, he's also not as good as people think he is. And I think part of that, the not as good as people think he is, is I think we need to stop making excuses for him, right? Like in the Super Bowl last year, it was the offensive line thing. He had the offensive line yesterday, and you know, his defense was not historically bad. They went on a stretch there in the mid part of the season where they were actually statistically one of the best defenses in football. So through the, fir- through the first six weeks is what I'm talking about when his grade was low on PFS. I understand. Which dragged him. So down. I am actually going to be the voice of reason here, and I'm not going to put it all on Patrick Mahomes. I actually, to be honest with you, I put it on Andy Reid a little bit because let's be honest, Mahomes has some of the worst mechanics any of us have ever seen, period. So, and, and Andy Reid, I think it, it's his fault for not sort of reeling it in early. And I get it, right? Like the wild horse, you want to let him go. You want to let him run. He's got great arm talent. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a maestro. He's able to improvise. But I think maybe in the offseason, they should take a step back and they should say, okay, let's reel it in a little bit. Let's start getting your footwork in control. Let's, you know, some of the, you know, crazy stuff that you do where, you know, your the arm angles and stuff. Maybe it's not always a great thing. Like maybe you should look at your wide receivers when you throw the football, those kind of things. Like I am not dogging him. I am just providing some insight. I mean, if the dude had great mechanics, great footwork was, I'm not saying he can't escape the pocket and all those things, but I just think there's an opportunity for him to take a step back for the coaching staff to take a step back, hold him a little bit more accountable on his on the mechanics and the the, the fundamentals of the game, and maybe they can reset a little bit and become, um, you know, that perennial threat threat or the the dynasty. Because right now they're they're a one win dynasty, right? And you know everybody said they were going to win. Chris Jones said they were going to win five Super Bowls in twenty twenty and. Tyreek Hill said they were going to win seven Super Bowls in 2020. And, you know, I just I'm becoming a more of a Patrick Mahomes um, defender and apologist. And I think some people are today, but I just had some constructive criticism there. Are are you done? Are you done? Okay. Like, I understand what you're saying about the mechanics, um, but that's only an issue if if you're not accurate. And we know that Patrick Mahomes is accurate. Um, So, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna take what 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 made him you know the highest paid quarterback in the league and, and change it all you know it's just not going to um, I think he's fine he lost the, he, he was due for a bad game he hadn't had a bad game in the playoffs and, all quarterbacks have bad games there's not one that doesn't yeah absolutely so you know he 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 was bound to have he's one I mean he's played in four straight so if you keep playing and you're gonna have bad ones. You know, we've seen Brady have bad halves. He was down 28 to three in a Super Bowl not long ago. He was down um, 27 to three last week and lost the game. Yeah, there you go. I mean, he didn't, he, he's 44 years old. He, he looked he looked more like a 44 year old last week than he had um, ever before. Uh, but yeah, so I, I and I agree with you. You know, a lot of it's on Mahomes or uh, I'm sorry, Reed, but um, a lot of it is on Mahomes. You know, you, you can't have that half at home. You just can't do it. So as far as perception of him, I mean, I, you know, it doesn't change my perception of him. He had a bad game. Like, 
Now, if he starts, if he continues doing and having games like that, then sure, sure. You know, let's talk about it then. But, uh, you know, they're going to be right back in here. They're going to be battling for the AFC again next year. Um, you know, we'll get to watch him play Herbert twice a year, and, and he's going to be up near the top and all the stats like he always is. It's just it's who he is. So I'm just really looking forward to watching Joe Burrow and Josh Allen for the next 12 years, personally. So, yeah, well, that'll be fun, too. All right. And if you look at Burrow's stats, like like you would have to watch the game. Like his stats were not like, oh my oh. gosh. Like I think he was he completed like 60% of his passes for 250 yards and I think two touchdowns, but yep. um you know, he was pressured on like 40% of his dropbacks, yes. I think, and, and he only took one sack. So I think he was pressured 16 total times, 16 pressures, one sack. And sacks do tend to they're they're more on the quarterback than they're on the offensive line. Now, if he got sacked nine times in, in the uh, divisional round game. And those were not quarterback sacks. Those those sacks, I would say about five of those sacks were a direct a direct result of their offensive line just getting blown up. Yesterday, he he was a master, and like you said, with his you know weirdly elusive. I, I totally agree. He's never he's never really done that ever. You know, we saw it uh, last week too in the the Chiefs Bills game where Mahomes and Allen both. You know, Allen's always kind of kind of been a, a scrambler. You know, he he can move. Uh, even for as big as he is, but uh, you know, Mahomes never really scrambled like he did in that game last week. So I think they, I think they saw that game a little bit and said, "Let's just try it. Let's just try, bro. You know, get it, get him moving a little bit. You know, to get away from from um, Chris Jones and spin out of that sack and pick up that first down on third and seven was, I, I it's got to be it was the biggest play of the game, right? It has to be. Yeah. Um, just, just really, really, really impressive. Really impressive what he did yesterday, and it ain't getting any easier because that Rams D line is pretty filthy itself. So, well, probably the biggest play of the game was the was the defensive line interception that completely oh God, that, just, that completely yeah, that was, changed the. That was sort of when you knew that something was afoot. That <laughs> was. I'm probably yeah, it was the worst pass attempt that he had all year. Probably, I mean, I threw it threw it right to him. Um, yeah, well, we saw some we saw some even worse ones, in the, and in the then game. He, and then you know later in the, in the game, game he after, took, oh god, and then in uh yeah, and then um later in the game he took that sack and knocked him out. Wait, did they did they make the field goal there? I can't remember. He got sacked on third down like three times. Yeah, he stripped. He got strip sacked. He lost like 26 yards. Yeah, well, no, 17. He lost on 17. Trey Hendrickson had a great game. That's the other thing that he had a great year. Yeah, he He, had a really really great game. Yeah. Okay, look, we could talk about this forever. Let's give the NFC a little love. Rams defeated 49ers 2017. Another sort of comeback win, which was, I think, a little less improbable or less unlikely uh, there was a 17 to seven deficit with uh, two minutes left in the third. So when George Kittle scored that wide open touchdown, beautiful throw by Garoppolo, they went up 10, two minutes left to go in the third quarter. And from there it was, you know, it was just, uh, it was a completely different game. What were your thoughts on the NFC championship? Another one, 10 minutes, 42 seconds left in the game score is 17, 14 San Francisco. They have the ball. They were 75.5% win percentage there. Yeah, I mean, 
both both quarterbacks tried to give the game away, right? You know, Stafford did have the interception, but then Stafford you know, did give the game away. They just didn't want to take it. Yeah, they didn't take it. They didn't take it. You know, hit Tart right in the hands. He dropped it. I don't think Jesse Bates is going to drop that one next or uh, in a couple of weeks if, if he gets that opportunity. Fuck Eli but, Apple. I mean, before Mahomes threw the pick to what's his um to the safety. I mean, the play before he almost threw Eli Apple could end the fucking game too, and almost and almost yeah. dropped the mm-hmm. game away. So yeah, I just um, you know, it's kind of what we've been talking about with these quarterbacks. If you don't have one of those four or five or six or you know however many it is now, if you, if you want to throw Burrow in there, your margin for error is just so incredibly small. And I don't personally, I don't think Stafford is one of those. I know that uh, you know there's been, I, I just don't think he's he's one of those guys. I, I you know we could say whatever we want about Detroit, but if if you're one of those guys, you win a playoff game at, at some point. And I just don't think that he is. That's not to say he's not a good quarterback, because I think he is a good quarterback. But I just don't I just don't think either coach like fully trusts their guy. And I think we saw that on display last last night. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't great. I'm not going to pile on. I've, I've said it a couple weeks in a row now. I, I my, my opinion hasn't changed. He was really bad when they needed him the most. And he, he won't be back next year. So there will be. Suitors for him. The latest one I heard today was actually Pittsburgh. I kind of hope he goes to Pittsburgh, to be honest with you, <laughs> because that means that, you know, the rumors of Aaron Rodgers isn't going there anyways, but I just feel really good about that. But on the flip side, I, I didn't think Stafford was that much better. I, I would love love to sit here and say that I feel bad for Tart, but I don't. You got to make that play. You got to make that play. It the game's over. There was no reason for him not to catch that interception. None. There was none. No reason. There was nobody around him. He just I, the, the we've seen it a hundred times in this sport and other sports. Sometimes the moment is just too big for guys. We've seen guys rise to the occasion. We've seen guys shrink in the moment. I think that was a case of shrinking in the moment. You know, I certainly feel for him in terms of what he's probably gone through. Guy probably didn't sleep last night, you know, and I'm sure his teammates are going to tell him, you know, that, you know, we'll get him next time and he'll have another opportunity, I'm sure. But I don't feel bad because you got to make that play. I thought the Rams defensive line was was the difference in the game. They were just on Garoppolo, Donald obviously was just, I mean, they were doing everything they could and they just, they, they just couldn't slow, slow him down or really slow any of those guys down. Now they did slow Von Miller down. You only heard Von Miller's name like, like once. And I didn't think Jalen Ramsey had a great game. He dropped a couple interceptions. He had a couple chances. So, you know, I thought Aaron Donald really played the biggest when they needed him the most. And on the flip side, San Francisco really didn't create any pressure. Nick Bosa was in there once or twice, but they just were unable to uh, create any any pressure, which you need to with Stafford, you you got to get in there. You can't blitz him. You got to create pressure with with the defensive line, with the front four, and, and they just really weren't able to do it. I thought Odell was really good. You know, nine for one hundred and thirteen. He made several. He key, great. He made several key plays in the second half. He made that one catch when he got fucking helmet to helmeted while he was laying on the ground, which I thought. You know, I didn't think the defender did it on purpose or anything like that, but you know, he just he was able to hold on to the football. It was nice to see. 
certainly after the, the Sports Illustrated article came out the day before, I, I was a little disappointed to read that he was sort of telling Von Miller that he didn't want, don't come to Cleveland. And, you know, basically the article sort of indicated that he never really wanted to be there, which I think we all kind of knew, but that just sort of opened a wound. But he played well on Sunday and I was I was happy to see it. Uh, but I, I look, the big story of the game, I, I think the big story of the Rams season is that Cooper Cup, he's fucking next level, dude. 11 catches, 142 yards, two touchdowns. He's had a huge playoff run. You look at his 20 games this year. Have you seen his stats for the 20 games this year? 170 catches, 2,333 yards, and 20 touchdowns. I get that the game is different now today than it was even five years ago. But even with the game being different, he actually yesterday had the 13th 100-yard game in a season that broke Michael Irvin's 1995 record of 12 games, which that's really impressive because Emmett Smith was a workhorse on that team. So for Michael Irvin to have 1,200-yard games. But so he had 20 touchdowns, only Moss – and Jerry Rice have had more touchdowns in a season. Uh, obviously, Randy Moss did it in the regular season, and you know Jerry Rice did it uh, combined regular season and playoffs. But I mean, Cooper Cup's a great player. I, I, I'm I'm certainly not as low on him as as you are. I'm not as high on him as some other people are. Where, um, you know, some people think. It, There's really not in in between. Some people think he's either the best receiver in the game or some people think he's sort of a system guy. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I I know you you sort of famously say that there's 10 or 12 guys that can do what he does. I certainly don't think the number is is that high. I think he's firmly cemented himself as one of the best wide receivers in football. Uh, What does that mean? Top five, top three, top six, whatever. I mean, we can argue that all off season if we want to, but the dude's been, been next level and he just, he gets open and he's, he, he's a good player. He's hard to tackle. He makes plays. His hands are great. He's got good speed. Not great. I mean, he just, he kind of does everything good. His route running is phenomenal. So, you know, I, I thought that he's, he honestly, he's probably been the story of the season for that team. And I'm really looking forward to, Look, we'll talk about the Super Bowl, obviously, next week and, and, and all that. But I, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to the receiver matchup of Chase and, and Higgins and, and Cup and, and Odell. So, Yeah, I mean, he's probably top five. Look, the stuff, you know, I, I, do, I, I like to pile on it just because I do have a friend that's a Rams fan and he listens, you know, he listens to this stuff and, and he hears me on Twitter and, or sees my stuff on Twitter. So a lot of it is said in jest as you know poking poking uh poking the fun at him but um but yeah i do think there's probably a few guys that can do what he does but he's probably top five wide receiver um you know probably 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 top five we can debate that later he i think this is a big step for you it's a big day this is sort of the equivalent of what what did i call it retribution or um apology Monday or whatever I did a few, what, <laughs> you know, several weeks into the season. I think this is, this is the day we've all been waiting for. Well, I'm on, I'm on pro football reference on his page right now. And uh, he's got one game versus Cincinnati. It came in 2019, seven catches, 220 yards. And a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's good. He's good. That's going to be a tough matchup for, you know, hopefully 
hopefully they don't have Eli Apple on him, but um, you know, he's gonna have to card somebody. I mean, aside from that, I don't, I don't really Did have you much just to say add. seven for two twenty. Yeah, seven for two twenty. Ooh, baby. All right. We'll talk more football in the coming weeks for the big game. Before we move to the next topic, a word from our new sponsor, Masterworks. What I'm about to say might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing, too. He invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest like the goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and even Andy Warhol. And what's even better, art prices have outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 through 2021. In fact, early investors are already receiving over 30% return in 2020 and 2021 from the sale of as little as two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. Get priority access with the game day promo. Go to masterworks.art slash believe to find out more. That's masterworks.art slash believe. And one last thing, see important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. All right. That's a little bit of mouthful, man. I can't, can't believe a a read. That's a hell of a read. Check out Masterworks. I was on the website today. It's actually pretty cool. All right. Slide one in here. Last one for you. The Winter Olympics. We did this a little, we did this little segment with the Summer Olympics last year. The Winter Olympics start Friday in Beijing, as always, on the NBC family and networks, and now streaming on Peacock as well. I guess the big question is, are you into the Winter Olympics? Are you looking forward to it? Uh yeah, yeah. It's it's fun. I like like I said then, anytime it's it's Team USA, I'm I'm interested. Um I, I do like that they have that this cross country. Um, event where they shoot called the biathlon. biathlon yeah, <laughs> love, I love that for some reason. Uh, and curling, you know, we have uh, you know, Friday night on. Um, I'm not sure what channel it's on, um, but Friday night is curling night in America. So I, you know, if I'm sitting at home on a Friday night, I'll flip that on and watch it from time to time. So I'm into the curling. Uh, team USA has got this big guy looks kind of like uh, like a skinnier Andy Reid. He's he was on the team last year. I can't remember his name, but he's he's like the team captain. He's really good. So. So yeah, I'm in, I'm into the curling, I'm into the, the biathlon, um, the skiing and stuff like the figure skating, not so much. Um, but yeah, That's yeah, I'm surprising because you strike me as a figure skating guy. Yeah, but big, yeah. Once uh, you know, once once uh, Tanya Harding Harding left, uh, I, I I was all out. You know, I like to keep I like to see that grit in the game. So <clears throat> understood. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm into it. I love the Olympics. I mean, I talked about it last time. Anytime I get an opportunity to root for our country, I absolutely do it. I mean, I told you yesterday, right? I didn't even turn on the Bengals Chiefs game until after halftime because I was busy watching the men's national soccer team get fucking smoked by Canada in a World Cup qualifier. So anytime I get an opportunity to root for Team USA, I do it. A little disappointed. Hockey is taking a little bit of um, 
a detour this year. They're not having the pros play. I don't know if it's because of COVID or, or what. So I probably won't be as engaged in the hockey. I, like you, certainly enjoy the curling. I would say probably my favorite sports, though, are I love the speed skating. I absolutely love the speed skating with the helmets where they're fucking flying around. It's just the pace and, and just the way they look, especially when they pan out. It's just it. I love it. Always enjoyed the speed skating. And, and I love the bobsledding and the, the bobsled. Yeah. <laughs> skeleton, not as much because the skeleton actually scares me because they lay down. It's basically lose. Right. But they lay down face forward. Oh, and that's just horrifying. That's <laughs> that's a little bit horrifying to me. But. I would say the speed skating is is definitely up there for me. The bobsled and the luge is up there for me. And, you know, they've they've recently added snowboarding over the last few Olympics. Sean White has dominated. He kind of dropped off a little bit, but I guess he's back into form. And Sean White's going to potentially be one of the stars uh, of this Olympics yet again. And he's certainly uh, one of the greatest Olympians in American history. So something to watch as well. So looking forward to it. Friday night's the opening ceremony, February 4th. Yeah, I'm also a big fan of like the half pipe on the on the uh, with the snowboarders. That, that's fun. And I love the fucking the downhill, the distance, this the skiing distance where they go yeah. down the big fucking <laughs> hill and they lean forward. Those dudes are yeah. nuts, too. So certainly love it. Looking forward to it. Go Team USA. All right. Upcoming. We got Super Bowl stuff coming. We got NFL offseason. We'll talk combine. We'll talk draft. We'll talk free agency. And obviously, uh, once <laughs> once football is over, we got to talk. You know, we're going to be talking a lot, a lot more NBA. We'll be focusing on what's going on with the NBA. Cavs are obviously good. They're in a little bit of a lull, but, uh, you know, we'll have a lot of topics to talk about there. For all you pop culture lovers, nerds out there, Zero Dark Nerdy, it's another podcast we're affiliated. Please, please, please check it out. Movies, TV, music, comic book stuff, all that. If you're a fan of any of that, check it out. Follow them on social media, on Facebook, at Zero Dark Nerdy, on Instagram, at ZDN underscore podcasts. are also available on the Believe podcast as well. Don't forget, at WC Sports Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, follow, and subscribe. We are available on all your favorite streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. You can also find us on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. And as always, we're presented by the one and only BetOnline.ag and Masterworks. With that, We love you and enjoy your lives. Somebody suck me.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.